Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast. Hey there, Church Planner. This is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. You got a little bit of a sniffle there? What's up? Your, your voice doesn't sound 100%. Yeah, I got this thing at night. You know, I like I'm coughing a lot on the podcast. <clears throat> I found out that if I drink water too close to bedtime, I get gastric reflux in my sleep. Like, From this water? is old people. Yeah. So I went to this doctor and he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, you can't drink liquid three hours before bed and i looked at him and he goes yeah i know it sucks dude i can't make going to bed without like five ten minutes before i fall asleep drink of water so i'm trying to start like an hour at a time and most nights i fail because i get so thirsty at night so but apparently that's uh that's bad and acid is-, is eating my vocal uh cords and esophagus how in the world does water gives someone reflex i have no idea but apparently a full stomach it's all coming back up at night or so i don't know right like you would think you're just fleshing it through but he's like oh no so i think maybe having your esophagus too moist you're a real doctor (laughs) he was actually the best doctor i've been to in so long he's a veterinarian isn't he you tried to to tell you I didn't tell you the story about the the totally sexually inappropriate doctor I went to. And no. I came back home and John, my buddy, was working on my um on my office and he's like, Oh, I know that doctor because he used to live around here. He's like, That guy's traumatic. And I'm like, Yeah, that's the weirdest doctor ever. So there are good doctors and bad doctors, my friend. I have met them both. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I was reading our reviews uh, this week. Oh, do we have uh, some two stars we get to make fun of? Well, no, there was an old two star. I think there was one that was more recent where someone was saying, oh, man, you know, I came here for church planning information. I think it was kind of old. We might have talked Ahsoka. about it. I got Ahsoka. 
yeah, but you know, I I would just like, hey, you know, again, I just thought to myself, yeah, but you can. There's other podcasts for that. Like, why would you leave a review? It's just not for you. Move on. Why would you leave a bad review? Because we interact with our our audience. Well, like, this is us talking topic? to our audience. Isn't 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 that our topic today? <laughs> it kind of is. I don't want to jump into it yet. But. There's a lot of angry Christians out there. We're we're going to talk about that today. Um, but we'll, we'll, we're getting into Kat Von D, her baptism, and her post afterwards that deals with the responses that shocked her. So what happened next? Nobody expected Pete, especially Kat Von D. Oh, man. But first, you were uh, bringing us into a topic, and we said, hey, we better save this for Smack Talk. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I totally forgot. (laughs) That was like three minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was so like less than five minutes ago. No, I was just out of the blue. I was like, man, I wish they'd made a sequel to True Lies. I don't even know where that came from. It's not like I've seen it in a while. Like, I know they recently made a TV show that was so bad. I couldn't watch it. Like, it was bad. But, yeah, I I wish they'd made a sequel. Then you said, well, yeah, they should bring everyone back. Or they still might. That's what you said. They still might. They still might. I can see At their ages, like, if they brought back all the original How great would that be, though? Because she's still active in Hollywood. Um, She did that everything, everywhere, all at once. But remember, her whole thing was she did that, that sexy dance. And it's like, okay, but you really old now. Like the gray hair is like, please don't do the dance again. Like, yeah. It's just- but how funny, because that was done in a way that was supposed to be funny. They could, they could do so much with the two of them. Okay. Picture the scene with me. They take their grandkids on a trip to Italy during the summer. Something goes wrong with terrorists or whatever. And now you got like this, this version of like taken, but it's true lifestyle and it's the two of them. Yeah, I could totally see it working. Uh, well, what if they went to Israel on a trip and Hamas attacked there? Now we set the stage. <laughs> Can you believe everything that's going on right now in the world? Yeah, I can't. like I'm sitting there going, are we literally heading into World War Three? <laughs> like, is this because it, it, anything could pop off in the Middle East right now? And it's literally World War Three. Well, at least Americans <laughs> for maybe five minutes have something else to think about. You know, I, I just find it so amusing when Americans who don't know any world news or world politics uh, watch American news, which is a total American news echo chamber. All it talks about is what happens in America and the poli- And then they think the end times is coming because of American elections or American politics. That just cracks me up. And then when you see suddenly like something like this coming, then they're convinced the end of the world is happening right now. And you're just like, dude, are they? Saying, I, haven't, I haven't kept up on what Christians are harping on right now. Christians be tripping, Pete. Again, that's part of today's topic. <laughs> They're like the raptures right around the corner. Christians be tripping. Someone give me a towel. I don't want to go up. I just got out of the shower. <laughs> that was always the thing with the rapture for me, man. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Where exactly? Naked. Yeah, like 
do I get clothed automatically? I've never thought about this. And I'm like, well, well, wait a second now. Like, if we're meeting them in the air, like it gets colder the higher up you go. Like, where exactly? And over which continent? Or is well, it over the I ocean? mean, hey, hey, at least no matter what time Jesus comes back, half the world's gonna be in their underwear and pajamas. Mm. So I True. mean, that is a thing. True. Woe to those who sleep naked in those days. <laughs> what <is it? laughs> That should have been a verse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just that's why I always sleep in my PJs. You never know always, when the rapture is going to happen. I always sleep with a full uh, three piece suit on. I just want to be, you know, properly prepared. Wear my Sunday best just in case. I want to look my best when I get to heaven. <laughs> you know, I take we're going to get a hate mail from someone who's deeply offended by this. Well, you know, the people who are deeply offended are the ones who are like really into the rapture. The end times. So <laughs> like, this is so really funny. into it. This is so funny because uh, Brooks Hammond, who's our content director for New Breed. He um, we always laugh and joke around that he's now the new TikTok star because Brooks is quiet. You know, he doesn't. Although, did you see that video he posted about how much he had to edit us? No. Oh, it was I don't, I'm not on TikTok. I'm not he on took TikTok. one of the quotes where I go, don't worry, Brooks will edit this out. And he go, and then all of a sudden it's him on TikTok sharing me saying that clip, looking at the camera going, oh, yeah, there's a lot of editing that goes on. Oh, dude, it was classic. So anyways, uh, but Brooks, Brooks was talking the other day on one of his, now that he's the TikTok star, he was talking about how um, it, he disciples a ton of youth every week. <clears throat> and he was saying that um, the other night, one of the kids put on this ambient music and started like imitating the the altar call um, at church. Oh, no. <laughs> and he grabbed some item like off of uh, the mantle or whatever it was. And all the kids thought it was hilarious. And so they all started grabbing random objects and having a go at it, uh, using it as an illustration of salvation. And Brooks made a really good point. He goes, now, some of you might be really horrified that this is happening. He goes, but what was actually happening is each one of these kids, without realizing it, was practicing explaining Jesus using something common, something ordinary. He said, I just sat back there thinking, this is how you share the gospel. He goes, they were they were screwing around and goofing off and making themselves laugh, but they had to work to to actually learn how to connect with people over normal everyday things, which is exactly what Jesus did in the Gospels. And he said, so it depends on how you look at it. And I was like, man, Brooks is so a church planner at heart. Like this is that's how a church planner thinks like, hey, mm. you know what? Like, yeah, that's cool. We're not making fun of that. He was making fun of the the whole like preacher thing which hey you can poke fun at that but if you're going to learn in the meantime how to how to use common everyday objects like jesus did in the parables and and talk to people about god yeah i'm good with that go for it mm. knock yourself out because one of the kids said we should do this every week and brooks is like i'm good with that <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome because uh it's funny that Again, that leads directly into our 
topic. I mean, maybe maybe we should just get into the topic because yeah, the heading is uh, Christians were the worst. Wait, wait, oh, here, here oh, we go, here oh, we go, here oh. we go. Wait, wait, wait. Great Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Let's just get down to the nitty gritty. Love saying it with him. It's so good. All right, Christians were the worst. Kat Von D responds to criticism about her baptism. So <clears throat> I guess Kat Von D, I didn't know who she was. She apparently was on this show called Miami. I Inc. definitely knew who she was because I used to watch that show. And I was, was like, it good? that's awesome. Yeah. Like she got saved. Like, wow. Yeah. I was, I was like so floored at that. I think most people are, you know, uh, Skater Chris, a guy that, that I <laughs> disciple, uh, I call him Skater Chris. I love that. Um, <laughs> I actually don't remember his last name. So he's Skater Chris. <laughs> he's always been Skater Chris, except all of all of the uh, all the girls in my house call him your bestie, Dad. Your bestie. They call him my bestie because I hang out with him. And that hurts me. That hurts me a lot. Hey, as, hey, as your former hey, bestie, clearly you know, former. Hey, you removed yourself from my church. I'm just saying, I, I, if if you're I wondering, want to point out that our no, relationship no. since 2013, when we started the podcast, we've only seen each other either at church and like five times total outside of church. And last week, where did I end up in your old where. neighborhood when I moved out a year ago? I, I spent more time last week in your neighborhood than I have the whole time I've known you. I know that hurts, <laughs> but you know, it's like the old bumper sticker. If you feel far away from Peyton, guess who moved? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. Um, Kat Von D Miami Inc, Los Angeles Inc or LA Inc. <clears throat> she gets saved. And then she gets baptized and I guess she shared it on her Instagram account. The next thing you know is that um, she posts another one saying, Hey, my Instagram account is not going to become like this Christian thing, but I just feel like I got to share some thoughts about my baptism. And she dealt with the criticism that uh, was brought to her. And she said, you know, I thought most of my followers are not Christians or spiritual. So she said, I was kind of shocked. I, I got an overwhelmingly supportive response from my Instagram following. But then she said, what actually shocked me is most of the criticism came from Christians. I found quote that. Unquote. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw it in there. Quote, unquote, Christian. Right. And she, if you guys haven't seen the the clip of her talking about it, it's actually quite powerful because... Um, really proud of her. I mean, it, you know, she's no stranger to criticism. She is a public figure. She handled it so well. She's sitting there with her cats and she got a little squirrel running around, which I thought was really cool. She had a squirrel, squirrel running around. Yeah. You I watched watch the baptism video. video. I didn't watch her response. I just read the article. Oh, the response is so good. And, and like I said, she's no stranger. She's not even a rag. And the way she handled herself on the video was so mature. Um, it, it was like a seasoned Christian, you know, just like talking to the weaker brother. Cause at one point she laughs and goes, I mean, you know, like 
to those of you that say, I shouldn't wear black or listen to the cure. <laughs> she said, I think, I think you've gotten following Jesus wrong. And I just thought that was so funny because <laughs> yes, she got that wrong. So, I mean, I didn't see the baptism video. I mean, what, what was that like? Well, it, I wasn't, I was like, am I watching the right video? Cause it, it started like a real production piece. Like I was expecting just a baptism video, like, Hey, I'm getting baptized, getting baptized, but it had the music in the background. It sounded like a Catholic church music. Like that's, that was the type of music it was right. You know, that type of ambiance music and like all these people in the audience uh, were dressed really nice, but tatted up like crazy. And so I didn't like, I wasn't even sure if it was legit. Like, I'm like, am I watching the right one? Because I just didn't expect to see tatted up, nice looking people in what sounded like a Christian church. And then the dude baptizes her. But I'm like, oh, no, that was legit. And she uh, said that she goes to a little Baptist church called Switzerland Baptist. And uh, she she's in Illinois. And she said, you know, I don't go to a mega church. I go to this little 15 to 25 uh, person thing. And she's like, I'm not slamming mega church, which was really funny to hear her say, but she goes, that's just not my vibe, right? A little community church. That's right for me and my husband. And she said, you know, we just go there. She goes on a good Sunday. There's 25 people on probably wow. you know, 12 that to 15 small. on the average Sunday. And she said, but you know, that's, you know, it, it, it works for us. We love it. And you could tell this little Baptist church is steering the right. Like, They've given her some great context, I think, for how to handle this. Um, but she said, you know, thanks to all my friends who, you know, made it out. So apparently a lot of people descended on this church. Like I said, I haven't seen it. It has to be video. like the, I, that. Those look like her friends, right? Yeah. Like they, they have her same vibe. Yeah. She thanked them. She thanked them for coming out and making the journey. And it's it's just really cool to me. To see that. And she said, look, I don't feel qualified to be the spokesperson for Christianity. So I won't be speaking about my faith that much more. And she said, really, um, part of it is because, you know, of the backlash that I received as well. So I thought that was really interesting that here we go again, right? Like, here's somebody whose faith is beautiful whose journey is beginning. And she said, you know, I was already saved, but I was making a public baptism is a public confession, which is why I made it public because it's my public declaration that this is where my faith stands. And, um, but she said, but you know, from here, I probably won't really be using my Instagram for that. Um, you know, she'll stick to whatever she normally posts like a normal human. She doesn't want to be, like she said, the spokesperson. But again, I just found it so amazing that Christians like parasites will come on and she listed, she was responding to the criticisms one by one. You don't like what my husband sings. He's on his own journey. You know, he's, he's making his own journey right now and I support him and I stand with him. And, um, and her husband in response, posted a, uh, I don't know if it was a tweet or an Instagram or whatever. I, I don't pay attention to this stuff, but something like, Hey babe, me and you against the world. And then he quoted like Luke 24, 23. I love you, babe. And to me, that's just crazy. Like, like that, that is to me, true Christianity. 
that they're just like, hey, we're willing to be counted. We're willing, you know, and this guy's making his journey, but he's being ripped to shreds by Pharisees. It, it, it just shows that people don't know the Bible. I mean, that that's the thing to me. You know, the false teachers really prey on people not knowing the scripture. And that's how people get suckered. Once people, it's one of the reasons I do the work I do for Through the Word, because there's no faster way to eradicate false teaching than to flood the average believer. It was kind of like the Reformation when the the scripture was just in the hands of the elite few. And Wycliffe and others said, hey, and Luther, we got to get the scripture into the hands of the common, common man. Um, so you kind of get this sense that um, today, people that are acting like that are not reading the Gospels. They're not, they don't, maybe they're reading, I don't know, like, I don't know what they're reading, but I, I think what we find in, in Christianity often is people are not giving themselves to the to the reading of Scripture. Now, Paul said give yourself to the public reading of Scripture because a lot of people are illiterate. So, you know, that that was a way everyone could hear. But to give yourself to the scriptures wholly, as he tells Timothy, um, give yourself to them wholly. Like every believer ought to be pouring into the scripture to to know the mind of God, to know the mind of Christ. And I just find that often Pharisees, it's kind of like Jesus said to them, you know, neither the scriptures nor what they testify about. So uh, the Pharisees didn't know the scripture, you know. Um, so I guess it's a case of of missing the wood for the trees, right? Um, so yeah, that would be my my take on that. Well, yeah. what the thing that I was thinking about is you said, "Hey, this is what we're going to talk about this morning." I've seen the same thing happen to Kanye West, you know, um, <clears throat> recently, and. People, Christians coming out against him publicly because, oh, you said you were a Christian and, you know, you came out with those albums and now look at what it's like, dude, seriously, first of all, do you have a relationship with this guy? Because if you don't, what do you think you're doing? You're not speaking truth into his life by being some armchair farm, uh, I want to say pharmacist, armchair Pharisee, like, bro, you have no relationship with him. Like, you don't know what's going on in his life, and it is a journey. Like, yeah. do I still sin? I'm the worst, right? It's like, I sin all the time. And, I, like, it just, oh, dude, it was, it, it's so annoying to me to see that. And I'm like, I think they're doing it a lot of times. Not always, but a lot of times I think they're doing it because it gives them a platform for their audience. Yeah. And their audience can go, yeah, you, you go get him, Bob. You know, you, you tell that guy off. That's that's great because he's not doing it well, right. We're doing Bob it right. Bob doesn't do anything else. That's the problem is, you know, when Jesus said to the Well, Pharisees, even if he does, like maybe he's got a, maybe he's a pastor of a church. But the Pharisees were leaders in, in the synagogue, right? So, I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because um, when you look at Matthew, right? Do, do you need to take that call? You look like you're taking a call. No, I'm reading the scripture, uh, oh, okay. my good friend. Um, it, uh, I picked up my phone and and I hurt Pete again. I you, you got one of those. You got one of those Bible apps on your phone. Okay, I got you. I do. You know, my this is bad. My Bible now goes into this little case behind me. I 
I need to be pulling my physical Bible out. I, I read the Bible app. But actually, what I'm reading these days, squirrel, squirrel. Uh, I'm reading this little thing, which is a chronological New Testament, which I'm in love with. Oh, interesting. Wow. That would be really cool. Thing. Um, yeah, it's funny. I I uh, I recently uh, made a mistake on one of the trainings we're doing that Ancient Pathways. But, uh, you know, the person who's like, hey, I think you made a mistake. They actually took they were taking a chrono and I was able to come back and say, actually, you're right. I did make a mistake, but the chronology actually goes like this and was able to kind of show like how sometimes we get the chronology wrong because the gospel writers were not putting uh, a chronological account together. Um, John is probably the closest because he keeps saying the next day or the next day or, you know, um, not much long later, you know, he, he has all these timestamps. But um, but anyways, going back to um, uh, Jesus and what he said to the Pharisees, it's very telling. If you ever go through Matthew 23, um, which, by the way, if if you guys want to hear, uh, there's truly teaching Matthew on through the word. That's also my book. So I have the Gospel of John and Matthew on through the word. So that one's kind of newer, but um, Matthew dropped this month. But the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So do and observe what they tell you, but don't do what they do. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, this is smack talk to all smack talk. He says they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. Uh, and that's it. He actually says not willing to lift one finger. That's where that expression comes from. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. That's why social media is so great. You can, hey, look yeah. at me. Look at me, the great theological warrior. For they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you're all brothers. Call no man your father on earth. For you have one Father who's in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Now, there are people that take this wrong and will say, oh, you can't use the word teacher. Well, I would agree with you if not for the fact that both Luke and Acts and Paul, uh, there's a context here that we're missing, you know, because then uh, Paul also uses the word teacher or instructor. So, so Jesus here is saying, don't put a man, my teacher is pastor so-and-so, you know, or he's, he's my father. You know, Jesus is going, don't ever put a man in that spot, right? We only have to watch all the people falling left and right. Jesus yeah. saying, these guys put their pants on one leg at a time, like anyone else. These pastors fight with their wives. They struggle with the same thing you do. Um, but we so desperately want to believe that is not the case. And Jesus is just saying, that's what the Pharisees want. They want to be in that spot. That's the problem. They want to be in this elevated position over everyone else. And he's saying, don't, don't enable them. That's what he's actually saying. Don't you feed into it. Don't be a part of this nonsense, you know, where you got all these false teachers online who are like, hey, you know, like I need five jets, you know, I need this, you know, multi-million dollar yeah. mansion. 
I still rem- remember watching that video where the guy, I don't even remember what his name is. You'll, you'll remember. He's talking about why they needed the private jet. Oh yeah. So you can't get into one of those, those, uh, those airliners with all the demons in there and those people that I was just like, those are the people you're trying to reach. Right. Yeah. Oh Kenneth no. Copeland, no. Right. Probably. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to reach those. I'm, I'm trying to reach the safe people. It's like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> it's like, what? Listen to this. Jesus goes on in verse 13 of Matthew 23, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Wow. For you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You slam the door in their face. That's what we're seeing here, right? You slam the door in their faces. That's what he's saying. For you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as you are. Yeah, crazy. That's, I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about. That's, that's religion gone bad. And that's, well, what, I used to, that's what it looks like. You remember this, like when I would do the big push for the Bivo training, and I, I told you this, I think I brought it up on the podcast more than once, literally the most hateful emails I ever have gotten in business have come from pastors. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it was so bad that I was like, dude, why am I even helping these guys? Like, is there going to be that big of a jerk? Why am I doing this? Now that's not the guys yeah. who came into the training. No. Those guys have all been cool, but I, I was just like, like, cause I work with uh different groups. Right. And the coolest group I work with, bar none, are detailers. And it's just funny to me. It's like, I don't know why the detailers are always so cool. Like, I've never had, like, total jerks <laughs> from the detailers. And then it's like, I work with these pastors, and that's where all the jerks are. It's yeah. like, what? And this was, this this was social media. We were putting stuff out, like, on social, and people could check it out. And, and, and at that time, we were kind of saying, like, hey, you don't have to be poor to be in ministry. A lot of these pastors that were getting paid pittances, you know, were, um, it was usually the emails that I would get. Yeah. Like, they reply to our emails and I would get those. And it yeah, was like, they would, oh they would gosh, fire back, you know, all of this just, it was, it was pretty bad stuff. It was really hateful, really judgmental, really angry. And, and what it was at the end of the day was these guys were, they were poor and obviously they were unhappy. And I, you know, but they saw Pete, Offering them like, hey, I want to give you a side hustle so that you can pay your bills and take care of your family. And, you know, Pete was offering this at a fraction of what it would have cost in the business world, like a fraction. Like I could have afforded it at that time. (laughs) I did not have a lot of money. And Pete's like, that's the thing. He's like, people jump at this stuff in the business world. Like, Like what I'm offering is to reproduce myself. Like, that's the crazy part. You're like, people don't tend to do this in the business world. They got a good thing. They keep it to themselves and they'll give you something, but they won't teach you how to be them. And you're like, I just want these guys to do well. Watch my dad be a poor pastor. I watch. And these guys were, um, they were just, there was so much anger. Like it didn't make sense. Yeah. It was like, no, rather than just saying like, Hey, no, thank you. But thanks, man. I appreciate your offering. You know, it's cool. I don't think it's for me though. Like for me, it wasn't for me. Right. But 
it, it was definitely for a lot of the people that came through and their lives changed. But for, for you and I, we're wired a little different. I don't have that. I don't think I got what it takes to do what you do. Right. But at the end of the day, it was kind of like, man, like, why not just say thanks, Pete? That was rad, you know? So, uh, but you know, he goes on and, and it's really funny because, um, she said, you know, to those of you, like after they, they criticized her for having tattoos and they told her, you know, you got to delete now to be a real Christian, everything you've ever posted before. <laughs> she goes, uh, I, yeah, I'm not going to do all that. But she goes, you know, she's a tattoo artist. And so they're criticizing her for having tattoos. She goes, you know, I, um, I'm not going to do that, but I, those of you that are just putting my life under, under a microscope like that, I just would ask you. And she had no vitriol, like the way she, her poise, her composure was so good. She goes, I would just, I guess the question I want to ask is, what's your life like? What's in your life that would make you come attacking me? And of course, that was very insightful because I have not yet met a legalist in my years as a pastor and dealt with an intense legalist in my church, someone of this caliber, who did not have a deep, dark, nasty closet secret sin. I mean, because if you think about the, the mechanics of legalism, legalism is a crutch that you use to compensate for your feelings of guilt and inadequacy before God. It's your fig leaf that you sew together while you're hiding in the bushes, right? Like Adam. It's what you use to cover. You know, what really needs to cover you is the blood of Jesus. But I, I had people that live like little house on the prairie. And I don't want to be graphic in case there's kids listening. But if I told you what was uncovered in that family, it would be disgusting. Like it would disgust everybody. And it, it, I think about what it is. It's worse than that. That's what I'm going to tell you. And I have noticed this over and over and over. I have seen it over and over. I have just pastored people and the more legalistic they are. Um, you know, the more, and, and nothing against homeschoolers, homeschoolers are great. I, I, one of my best friends, Oh, this is going to homeschool. <laughs> one, one of my best friends, a homeschooler, but, um, you know, homeschoolers can be the worst. In fact, recently I had a homeschooler come to my church and there's, there's one of two homeschoolers. There's the homeschooler says, you know, there's not critical thinking in my school. So, and, and my kids aren't being taught to critically think. So I'm going to educate them at home. And then there's the ones that are just afraid of everything, you know, and they, they're like, oh, you know, like, like we're not going to kind of like Kenneth Copeland, you mentioned, I'm not going to have my kids sit next to those demons in class, you know? So yeah. what, what happened was these homeschoolers came to our, our church plant and, um, and I don't know which one they are. So I'm not slamming them because I, I don't know. Maybe they're cool. Maybe I'll see them again, <laughs> but. I took him aside and I said, Oh, you know, cause you, you know, me in the classic, like, thanks for visiting, you know, but we're, we're in core team phase. And so I, I took him aside and said, Oh yeah. Oh, so you guys homeschool. Oh. And, and of course being Peyton Jones, the way I handle this is a little, little tongue in cheek. I go, Oh, 
Well, you know, that's good to know. I grew up with homeschoolers. You know, there's two types of homeschoolers. There's the kinds that are just total Pharisees, and they just criticize and judge everything. And then there's, you know, and they're so hard. Pharisees like that aren't going to do well here. And I go, but, you know, I'm guessing you're one of those those homeschoolers that you like to critically think. And so uh, what the reason that's important is eventually we're going to have lesbians and homosexuals here, drug addicts, and uh, probably lesbians holding hands. And that's just part and parcel reaching people that are far away from Jesus. And <laughs> their eyes got all big and they just looked at me and I said, yeah, every church I'm, I'm a part of, it's like, I got to give a PG warning to people and families because, but I mean, hey, we're better to encounter that stuff in the church while the gospel's being preached and you're watching life transformation. Isn't that awesome? And it's like, yeah, 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 that, yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny is <clears throat> right now, there's a lot more people going to homeschooling because of like the critical thinking and what's happening in the schools. Like it's not, it's not like it used to be where it was all, you know, like the Pharisee type person. And then a few of the critical thinking type people as you're, yeah. as you're describing it. I'll give you a great example. So our church, we started doing small groups. And so um, Jamie and I volunteered to lead a small group. And um, last night we had it. Only one other couple could make it. And it's just the beginning. Like this was our, I think our third meeting. So we're like, hey, it's just one other couple. We'll just, you know, we're, we're just going to chat and talk and get to know each other. And they were telling us they're from Oregon. They moved here about a year ago, about basically about the same time we did. And um, they've got four kids. And one of their daughters, who's now, I think they said she's 15, um, she would not use the bathroom for an entire year at her school because they were now transgender bathrooms. Like, it didn't matter what gender you were, you could go in there and use it. And they'd already had a sexual assault from an eighth grade boy to like a fifth grade girl Yeah, in the bathroom. And so she was like, I'm not, I'm not using it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm staying out of it. I, I don't. And so there's like, there's a lot of push where a lot of parents are like, look, what am I going to do? These Christian schools or private schools that maybe just private, not necessarily Christian, they're too expensive. Like, I'm not kidding, man. Here in Texas, Jamie and I looked at private schools. It's like 20 grand a year. For a third grader, I'm like, dude, I'm not sending her to college. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not taking money out of the 401k to send my kid to freaking third grade. I mean, apparently, you, you are sending her to college in third grade. But... Apparently, <laughs> and it's just like, so what? You know, what's a parent in that situation going to do? Well, you either let them continue to go to that school, which sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, or you know, you got to homeschool. Like my uh, niece, she's now homeschooled because. Their school district, you know, she lives in San Francisco, just got too crazy. And um, and so, I mean, sometimes you just got to do certain things to take care of your kids, right? So sometimes yeah. in today's market, it, I would say in today's age, it's not necessarily just all the Pharisees. It is a lot no. of people are just going, look, I, I, can't, I can't let my kid go through this. We got to do something different. Well, I mean, and here's the thing. This this is the thing, and and no no shade on. I mean, you brought up a good point. You know, there's there's a really good, there are good reasons. I mean, 
I probably would not send my kid. I send my kids to Christian school. Uh, is it 20 grand a year? No. <laughs> but what I can tell you is I just want to know if through the word was really putting, paying you well. <laughs> no, the public schools are putting down dog dishes in the restrooms so that like furries can actually. That was uh, they given, said that was on the the agenda at the yeah. school board meeting was. Yeah. Were they going to put in litter boxes for the furries? Yeah. And, and I'm like. Okay, if that even makes it onto the agenda, like you have to discuss it, like society is just in trouble. It's well, it's in trouble. It, it's beyond in California. I mean that that ship sailed. That was Oregon. You know? That was Oregon. Yeah. That wasn't California. Yeah. No, California is it's already a thing here. Like it's the public schools already do all that. They have they have water dishes down for kids to lap it up. Um, like like you would have you know in a dog park. Um, all that stuff is here now. And um, kids are meowing and growling in class and they can't be told to stop because it's part of their sexual expression. So this disruption is going on. So uh, because there's no because it's not actually education that's being done anymore, um, they, they've lost control. So so in that sense, you know, those of you that are that are listening, like in no way am I casting shade. And I hope you heard that. Um you know, I'm far be it from. I'm never afraid of backlash. Like it, that's not why I'm saying it. I'm actually saying it just because I respect homeschool. But I do think there's two types of people that homeschool. And what I I'm trying to bring completely. out, yeah, agree. what I'm bringing out is the Pharisees. And and you know, one of the things that Jesus said about you know going going on. I really wasn't planning on reading so much for Matthew here. Um, we, we might need to get a cop, copyright license, Pete. But um, in verse 25, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean uh, the inside of the cup and the plate, and the outside may be clean. So what he's saying about a legalist is inside there's a lot of dark sin in there. And this is a compensation. It's an out. Then in verse 27, he says, What do you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites? For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful. Little house on the prairie. But within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you appear outwardly righteous to others. But within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Lawlessness means there's no law in your heart, like whatever inside that nobody sees, whatever, whatever, anything goes. That's what he's saying. Like there's furries in your heart drinking out of, you know, like, like, and this is the thing is in our age of porn, I've often found that legalists are the biggest perverts. And because they can't, it's like this cognitive dissonance. They cannot reconcile like, hey, maybe I need to transform on the inside. And that's way too hard for them. So rather than doing the hard work of repenting and saying, hey, you know what? Maybe I need help. Maybe maybe I need to talk to someone about my temptations. Maybe I need some accountability. Maybe maybe I need to like talk to my wife about the thoughts in my head and and start actually dragging this stuff that's in the darkness out into the light. I and mean, we've talked about porn. We've talked about temptation. We've talked about all this. <clears throat> and I am a firm believer that... The gospel has the power to conquer willful sin. You will always have within you um, sin that you can't control. There will always be 
inherent sin. There'll always be, um, you know, the the flesh will be there. It doesn't need to be in control. The spirit reigns over the flesh. I mean, this is just theology 101 that never gets taught to the church. But people, people just think, oh, yeah, no, I'll just have a porn addiction the rest of my Christianity, and that will be normal. It doesn't have to be normal. But for for a Pharisee, because they can't acknowledge, like they're not facing, they they go into the porn, they do it, they say, oh, I won't do it again. And then next thing you know, it's like, I don't listen to secular music or watch TV, you know, because now they feel good about themselves. Now they feel, you know, I, I have these stand, I give my 10%. I, you know, it's all compensation to say, I'm still a Christian. I still follow Jesus in my own way. And you will find often um, that that this is, these two go together. And that's why Jesus is saying, you're like a grave. You look beautiful on the outside, but inside there's all kinds of rottenness in there. Or you're like a clean dish. But when I go to eat out of it, there's all this caked on filth and mold and mildew inside. And Jesus is saying, clean the inside, and then you don't worry about the outside. I mean, it's it's, it's not rocket science, but it's part of the lies that we tell ourselves. And what <clears throat> what uh, Kat Von D is doing is right away, instinctively, as a new believer, she's like, hey, I know my outside is what it is. I mean, I'm on my journey. I'm finding Jesus. You know, it's a beautiful, like, She's experiencing inward transformation. This is new for her. And she knows, like we all do instinctively when we come to Jesus, hey, you know what? I got enough fish to fry what's, with what's in my heart right now. And, and so for that, she she gets it. Now, you put her in a bad church long enough, and she'll start cleaning the outside of the dish. If she listens to those voices, conformity is a powerful drug, you know? Um, and she, but like I said, she's no stranger to um, criticism of herself. So she handled it like a champ. And I, I got to say, I was really proud of her. Part of me wants to to interview her, you know, uh, how cool would it be to get her on here and say, hey, you're at home with church planners. That's why you're great in a little church of 15 to 25 people. You're basically right. in an eternal church plant. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be awesome. Wow, that'd be really cool. Yeah. So, hey, Christians be tripping, but it ain't nothing new, right? Matthew Matthew 23, when you encounter the legalist, that's always a great place. And Jesus just says, woe to you. Like, they're not happy people, right? Like, woe is, you know, it's it's actually when you're pronouncing woe in the Jewish culture, you pronounce blessings on people. Um, and she does. This is cool. This is the coolest thing about her video response is she goes, hey, I love you. Even if you're criticizing, coming against me, I love you. And I love people that don't think like me. She's like, I'm surrounded by people all day who don't share my beliefs on politics or religion or, you know, even parenting. Maybe they don't like how I parent. She goes, but I love you. That's part of what my faith has given me. Like, dude, it was so beautiful. Like, wow. Yeah. I got to watch and, that video. Yeah. It's really cool. It's in that article I sent you, but it's just kind of cool to... Um, see all of that, but you know when when you see the 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 Pharisee stuff, um, you know I I I, I started going a, a direction on that, and I I forgot what I was going to say, but um, but it 
you know, when you encounter that kind of stuff, just look at the anatomy of it and just see, you know, what, what Jesus is saying here. It's, it's always been there, right? Um, it's just, it's nothing new under the sun. It's the same anatomy. Hmm. Crazy man. Yeah. Yeah, sure is. It sure is. Oh, I was saying about, whoa, um, <laughs> whoa. I, uh, I was saying about woes that, that woes are like a type of cursing, you know, like you, when you would say like Shalom, that was a blessing you would, as a Jewish person, you put on someone and she's basically giving blessings out to her critics, but Jesus pronounces woe on the Pharisees and the legalists because they're not happy. It's, it's like they're living, they're trapped within that cursing that they're trying to put on her. It's all that unhappiness. It didn't affect her, didn't phase her. Um, it all is coming back on themselves. They are the ones that end up miserable. They're trapped in that, that woe. I mean, there's, you know, Jesus pronounces seven woes on them. Um, seven is a number of completion. So seven woes, seven curses on a Pharisee is, is kind of a big deal, you know? Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of where that, that ends. And, uh, all of us can be the Pharisee. I mean, shoot, I can. I can, I'm the first to be judgmental. I'm the first to criticize people wrongly. Um, so let, let's just get that out, out of the way and be real about that because the amount of times I catch myself judging someone or getting a situation wrong, um, there, I mean, we all got to kind of look at the Pharisee within our own heart and say, all right, Lord, forgive me for that, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I thought it was beautiful, man. Yeah. No, it's awesome. It it really is awesome. You know, it just, that's the kind of thing that just makes me like, I, I just get so, I, I get excited when I see stories like that. Like, cause I know who cat is like, I, I watch those shows, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I saw the shows. I remember when she opened up her own tattoo shop and I don't remember if that was LA or Miami or, at that time because it's been a year since i've watched those shows but i mean to hear that you know she had her own journey sobriety all that stuff and and i was just like man this is this is this is what it's about because i remember distinctly when uh i was in college uh it must have been like a high school visitation day or something like that and this dude was visiting the school and so usually you stay in the dorms, right. And, you know, get your full experience, but he wasn't a high schooler. Like he was, he was much older than that visiting and a whole bunch of us one night we're in a room and we're getting into this discussion and he's like, Oh, I can tell just by looking at people, you know, that guy's not going to become a Christian. And it's like, um, wow. And so I remember someone goes, somebody probably said that about you at one time. And he goes, Oh Yeah probably <laughs> it's like oh man it's so the opposite isn't it like like people that you think would never become a christian um it it just seems the opposite and, and i'll say the uh, something kind of shocking but i i will sometimes like i'll be involved in someone's life and i get a sense that like i'll just have i'll just know like they're gonna get saved there's been times we talked about on the podcast where i have a vision of a guy coming to faith i remember talking to one of my neighbors once and i had this vision of him and it was a vision like i'm talking to him for the first time i'm in his backyard 
And God gave me a vision of him coming to Jesus, which happened about six months later. And so I just kept talking to That's him. That's so like, funny, man. That kind of reminds me of uh, Lonnie in the movie when he sees Greg Laurie for the first time sitting on the sidewalk. And he's like, oh, uh, he's going to be preaching to thousands of people one day. <laughs> like, Well, <laughs> shoot, man. Lonnie was like freaking something from another planet that dude like no comparison at all to me and lonnie because no no dude, i'm just saying that you know oh, but gosh yeah that guy had such a crazy anointing uh lonnie frisbee that um you know that don't get me started that movie did him dirty um and those of you that know the lonnie frisbee story know that it it, it does actually in itself get a little dirty but um you know, he uh, he was always honest about that. But things that movie portrays him, not accurate. Yeah, no, not yeah. accurate. Yeah, yeah. But still, I was just bringing up the whole oh yeah vision yeah. thing. You I know, mean, I get triggered, right? I get triggered by that film. So no, as I, beautiful yeah, as it was, but it's yeah. still a good movie. But yeah, you know, to me, that's just like, and we're talking about the Jesus Revolution movie that I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but it was, and it was like. I didn't know if they were just because I remember watching it going, dude, Peyton and I have had talks about Lonnie. Like, yeah. this is not the Lonnie that's been described to me. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if they were just like, oh, we got to make a villain basically, you know, in the movie. And it's like, well, then are you telling the story or are you telling a story? <laughs> it's right, like, what, right. What's really the point here of the movie? You want to know something funny? One minute ago, I got a text from uh, my uh, one of my board members who goes and picks up our mail. She said, hey, I got two small packages for Pete Mitchell, church planning podcast in the mailbox. What should I do with them? She said, open them and give me whatever's inside. Toss it. Toss it. It's a bomb. They're coming <laughs> after bomb. me. Wear pastors. gloves. Wear gloves if there's powder on the package. Don't touch it. Don't touch your lips. Send it face. through the x-ray before you open it. <laughs> Pete Mitchell. It's got a price on his head. All right. Well, hey, um, speaking of price on his head, um, <laughs> do you uh, do you have anything you want to share? Any Anything you're promoting? Oh, hey, well, just guys, if you are, you know, with the economy going as crazy as it is, if you're looking for, hey, what am I going to be doing for work? Or I need a, some side hustle, some, you know, side money, things like that. Check out missionbybusiness.com. See what we're doing over there with all the uh, cool AI stuff and how we're helping business owners. And of course, making money doing it. Um, certainly not for everyone, <laughs> especially those pastors that like to rip on me. It's not for you, <laughs> but, but check it out, you know, missionbybusiness.com. And uh, if you check it out, I got a, a great little uh, video there where I walk you through everything that we do. And I don't actually let you buy. Um, if it's something that you see and you like, you and I got to actually talk. Um, I want to, you know, see if you're right for it. You want to see if you're right for it. And, um, and then I won't even let you buy on our phone call because I want you to pray about it. I want you to know, Hey, this is really what I'm supposed to be doing. And, uh, completely the opposite of what I teach you to do when we actually deal with business owners. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but, that is true. But no, for you guys, that's the way we do it. 100%. That is um, the number of people that came uh, through uh, the, the funnel and would say, yeah, Pete told me no. He said, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not giving it to you because it's not right for you. You don't. Well, I don't, I don't usually, well, what I do is I usually tell people, Hey, look, I'm going to tell you, this is why I think it's going to be hard for you. Yeah. But I would also look at my own self 
because I'm such a massive introvert. Yeah. I'm like, for me to be in any form of sales is <laughs> is like foreign. So I go, look, this is why it's going to be hard. But, you know, I made it. So I'm going to let yeah. you think about it, but just know these are my warnings. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Also, uh, those of you that, that may not know this, um, dude, P, Ancient Pathways, we have 89 people registered. Did you know that? Nice. We're, we're This next. No. Last time actually. I heard you said it was 66 and I was like, woo. Whew, 66 I, that's a lot man it's like not 666 i was like okay let's well, let's make sure on okay, the numbers but here. there's there's guys that are in it that no it keeps going up people keep joining it so uh there's one guy on there where he's one guy one of those 89 but his he's he's taking it and training it in swahili or no sorry french to um uh, 32 other people. So even with him, he represents almost all of these guys that are on there that are internationals are global catalysts. And we've vetted them. Um, and you know, very carefully, but, uh, what we are doing is we're offering, if you want to come in, um, head on over to newbreedtraining.com slash pathways and you can join. We're almost halfway through. Uh, so, you know, we probably wouldn't charge you full price, but what we're looking for is people who can train in this. Um, we're, we're looking to get this stuff. This is our discipleship core. So I used to do this thing called jump school. Maybe you heard about it. There's a core <laughs> team training. Which one, which one? Come on. Don't you'll be, leave me hanging. you'll be, you'll be happy to know that our core team training now is disciple like Jesus. So it's this whole year of cohorts. You can train your core team with it. So we say, I feel it's like what, it only took five years to get you to change the name. <laughs> we, we now train people to disciple like Jesus to plant like Paul. This discipleship training is for every believer. It's for your whole core team or not. Like it's just for believers. We want to kind of take the, the missing gap out where people don't get discipled and activated. Pete and I used to sit down and Pete would like, as a marketer, you say, what do you think is a number one need in churches? And they'd be like to activate every believer in their gifts to, to get them fully functioning disciples. And we finally are just building all of that. Pete tried to get me to build this stuff years ago. And the more I build church planner training, the more I'm like, I just, if I just train people to do what Jesus trained the 12 to do for three and a half years, be okay so this is our gospel stuff the act stuff is all the other stuff that the new breeds had and has been doing but it's exciting man so if you guys want to check that out and then if you don't want to join it but you want to support it uh it it counts as mission giving you can go to newbreedtraining.com slash give you can just support the work i mean you've heard of some of what we've done we've got people from underground persecuted church working pretty intensely with um three different Iranian networks, which is kind of relevant today. Uh, but anyways, if you guys want to support, um, head on over there. New Breed is just, man, it is crazy right now what's happening uh, with us. We A year ago, we couldn't have imagined that we're where we are today. So There was a, a meme in the, uh, the group that you left that you should never have left. It's oh. such a good group. And it says, uh, <laughs> if the Apostle Paul were alive today, and it's, you know, Paul sitting at a table writing a letter, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus to the churches of the United States of America, grace and peace to you from God, the father and our Lord, Jesus Christ. I don't even really know where to begin with you guys. 
That's so good. Oh, it was hilarious. Oh, that's so good. That's yeah. great. Well, hey, my friend, we did solve the mystery. Uh, my uh, board member says, apparently Pete Mitchell at Church Planner Magazine got sent a book by Lee Strobel, Is God Real? And then you got another package that is a book by John Burke, which is Imagine the God of Heaven. And uh, those are both actually really good books. Well, I think we both know those were not intended for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Lee Strobel and John Burke are saying, "Hey, dudes, can we come on your podcast?" So I think what they're saying is, uh, "We think Pete needs the Lord." Here, let me give him my book. <laughs> well, you know, I'm actually uh, thinking that now we just we just we moved on. Like we're we're interviewing Kat Von D's nowadays. You know, we kind of <laughs> dude. If you can get her on, let's send Brooks on that mission. Brooks, you got a job. Let's get Kat Von D you on the podcast. Know some of the missions I have put Brooks on. Um, one of them involves YouTube, but uh not coming on the podcast. But uh the, the the other one, man, you know what I still regret more than anything else that we never did was grab that dude who was rescued at sea, who or yes. stranded on that island. For like and two he or came three to days. God. Remember, he came to God. No, I you don't know? remember. If he, you said you wanted to witness to him. No, you're like, dude, I, he's got to be witness to. Him. He said that he wasn't alone. Remember, he no. said that. Oh, no. I don't think that happened. Oh, am I remembering things wrong? I think you were given a mission and you neglected your, your mission. Oh, maybe, maybe, you know, that could be Pete. Yeah. Dang, I hate so when now that you got to go find the dude that was stuck on an island years ago and got. I got to make that right, huh? We got to get him on, and then I got to tell him the gospel. There you go. All right, all right, Brooks. You know your mission. That's it. <laughs> well, I think our work here is done. I think it was in Australia. Like it was like I don't remember what country it was. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Well, hey guys, uh, thanks for listening today. Pete, sign us out. Oh, uh, wait, wait. Um, how's it go again? Uh, oh, there it is. If you want to reach the ones that nobody's reaching, you got to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing.